Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The world's fifth largest global economy, India, saw its rank of billionaires swell to 166 in 2021. From 102 just a year ago, there's been a sharp increase in the number of billionaires in India during the COVID-inflected years, which saw 60% of the country's wealth getting accumulated under the ownership of 5% of the richest Indians. You know, um, of all the podcasts, uh, or the best of podcasts that we've done on this show, Neil, uh, no podcast has actually been more popular than when we spoke to one of the lead financial advisors of uh, Gautam Adani and uh, suddenly we saw the spike jump on all our shows um, because people are fascinated I guess not only by, by his wealth but the story coming out of India of, of just the growth of so many billionaires Well see I mean you know one, one thing uh, that uh, you know one one will agree with the fact that uh, India is the country that the world is looking at uh, with the kind of population that India has and, uh, and the population which is extremely young. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, as for the stats, India is the youngest country as far as the average age is concerned in the world. So why wouldn't one want to invest and reap the benefits from the youngest economy? Well, to get more details, we're joined by investment advisor and wealth manager from Continental Group International, Abhishek Dutta. Thank you very much for joining us here on TSB. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you in here. We're seeing this statistic. Uh, the rank of billionaires uh, swells as now 1% of Indians own 40% of the total wealth uh, in a country. Yeah, um, We've spoken about this before, you know, we're obviously um, fans of capitalism and we're a fan of uh, enterprise and entrepreneurship. Um, but at what point does it become dangerous socially where you've got so much wealth that is owned by so few people? I think it's uh, the question you're asking me, every economist in the world worth his uh, salt is trying to solve. But it's it's not as simple as it looks. I mean, let's be honest, being an entrepreneur isn't easy. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I know sometimes how difficult it is being taking those risks, having those sleepless nights, running a business. And sometimes you have to also applaud the fact that these people have done those things at the right time, at the right you know space. But yes, it is a problem. Um, the, the wealth gap is growing all over the world. It's not just India. Today, India is in focus because it's 
the fifth or the fourth largest economy depends on who you ask but it's also a a place that's growing constantly we've mm. been subdued our growth has been subdued over the last few years but i think it's the right time to start looking at india differently because um a lot of factors like you mentioned some time back the youngest population um the access to capital the government reforms that are coming in it's all helped these things it's not just it, it, when you when you say it like that that it's uh, it's all concentrated on very few people yes but those people have tried their best to make uh, you know uh, make money and they've invested in the country it will it will help um the country grow eventually is what i believe you know when you're when i was in barcelona i saw the sagrada familia you know i mean it's it's still mm. not complete right it's what 126 years and still not complete and when you're laying one brick at that point of time it's some people had that vision that they're just laying a brick but someone is thinking you're building a right. building a marvel over 100 years so i think we are at that stage where bricks are being laid but yeah i think there is it's it's a problem that needs to be solved eventually um kitchen i were talking about this you know and and it it was like you know that even if we were to do a reset of sorts where whatever the wealth is there in the world is equally distributed amongst everyone a few decades down probably 100 years down or 200 years down there still will be a divide that'll come through because people know how some people know how to manage wealth and some people don't know probably they they get a few million dollars in their pocket and they'll squander it off and and a few years down they'll still be back on the roads and looking for money correct i don't, i i think it's this if you were to distribute wealth equally if you're talking about a, a form of uh, government which is not very popular in the world today anymore and uh, it 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 hasn't worked it doesn't work it, it won't um if 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 i give you free money today you'll probably squander it exactly. 99% of the time people squander it you, you, pe- how many people that generally win sort of the ja- the jackpots and the lottos right. it's amazing how many of them have ruined their lives within 5 or 10 years yeah i mean can you name one uh, jackpot winner whose uh, family today is also rich yeah no no right i mean nobody knows that person it, because when it comes easy it goes easy as well and i i've seen that in uh, in my field as well when mm-hmm. people make money through hard work through dedication they understand the value of it but if you give someone free money i don't think that's the solution the solution is i think more deeper um, i mean you know education for example the access to education should not depend on your financial circumstance right and that will probably change that will automatically bring equality in education if that happens automatically opportunities will be equal for everyone so that's one way of i think distributing wealth in the mm-hmm. long run I'll, i'll i'll turn this statement around and say you mentioned you know uh, education for all irrespective of your financial status how important is financial education at the absolute grassroots level like i i've i've not studied finance okay i come from the science stream and then i went on to study something absolutely you know core science I've not studied finance. I don't understand accountancy, debit what comes in, credit what goes out or is it the other way around? I don't know. How can a financially illiterate person, let me use that term because I haven't studied finance, make wealth when it's not been taught to him? I I think that's a very fair point, which is why the professional financial advisors exist because all we are taught in in school in in university is how to make money. not how to save it or invest yeah, make, it or grow wealth. it or it even preserve it for that matter True. um indian households for example don't even talk about money very openly yeah. because it's a very taboo topic you know mm-hmm. it's a sensitive topic so i think that part is is becoming more and more prevalent some educational institutions have learned that it's important to teach kids about money not just about how to make money um yeah so i think there's there's progress in that aspect for sure
Well, one of the issues about this is that Oxfam is a British-founded confederation of 21 independent charitable organisations. Uh, they've released a report called Survival of the Richest, and they've released this uh, as the World's Economic Forum is going on. What they're asking is India's finance minister to put a, a levy a wealth tax on this ultra-risk to tackle the obscene equality, uh, pointing out that the poor in India are unable to afford basic necessities. Um, it's a question that every country is dealing with. Um, do you have any thoughts on this as to whether this will work in India or, or, or whether it's something that there are other, you know, there are other systems that have been in place in other countries that could possibly work better? Um, so a lot of countries, including the United States, are talking about this, you know, reaching, uh, yeah. you know, the, the rich keep getting richer and so let's tax them. And But do you want to also stifle entrepreneurship? Do you want to discourage people from getting rich? Because... I think a better system would be how you distribute that wealth by creating employment, how the rich people create employment and distribute that wealth rather than, uh, you know, not encourage them to do that. And also, why are not more people not investing in those companies? Now, if you invested with uh, a lot of the billionaires in India in their companies, you would also make a lot of money over the last 20 years. Yeah. So that's another thing, you know, the, the education when it comes to financial right. education, if they were investing in the stock markets, instead of keeping their money in the bank or buying gold with it, they would be they would be making more money. They would be able to participate in the growth of that billionaire. Yeah, so we have the same issue. I, I'm, I'm Australian. We have the world's richest woman. Uh, her name's Gina Reinhart. She's worth 28 billion US dollars. Mm -hmm. and, and most of that's come through iron ore, which is taken out of the ground and is sold to most of the manufacturing that's going in Asia. And the argument comes in, well, why aren't the government doing the mining? And that yep. money could be put back in. Uh, but also, should we do a super profits tax? Why can't we tax this? But also, you're looking that uh, she employs so many people. Right. And, and and they're paying so much income tax. Yep. And then uh, she's paying payroll tax. And then she's also paying, you know, and they're spending all their money that she's employing and putting back into the economy. So it's very easy to target that pointy end. Correct. Rather than look at the bottom of the pyramid. Correct. And also, also how many governments are good at running businesses? Well, that's the, oh. that is so true. Right? Yes. And, and at the same time, What's more important is the accountability of where the tax revenue is going. Mm, the middle class in India, for example, pays 60% of all the taxes. Mm. But how is that tax revenue benefiting the middle class? So that those are questions that need to be answered more than who's paying the tax. It, it is, but then when you look at the standard of living, it seems to be, from a government point of view, the highest standard of living do tend to be in countries with smaller populations. Because mm -hmm. there just seems to be an even, a far more even distribution of wealth. Plus, it's easier to manage, right? Of course. I mean, a smaller population is like a smaller house, right? It's easier to clean the nooks yeah. and corners. You have an eight-bedroom villa with, you know, with even if you have 10 people working, corners, you have an eight-bedroom villa with, you know, with even if you have 10 people working, it will take that time and effort now you know whatever the challenges we face today with you know the disparity in wealth distribution and all of that as an individual I would be a little selfish and think about myself first versus thinking about the billionaires where probably maybe someday I'll reach there uh, or, or probably you know someone who doesn't have you know uh, a, you know probably a bread on his table now for me my objective here is to create wealth Correct. Whatever I'm making is an X amount and there is a finite uh, you know, source of income and finite income that will come every month to everyone who's working at whatever level. Mm -hmm. What do you do to that money so that the money works for you and not you working for the money? Save and invest. Is There's no other way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. A, a, even a billionaire invests. 
a billionaire plans his finances he just doesn't run his business go home and get a good good night's sleep right he goes home manages that money very very well and when you have a finite income it is even more important now we are all privileged to be in this country where right. we have access to all the financial instruments in the world Mm-hmm. all the financial products are open to us you couldn't do that in europe or in the united states you would be restricted on what you could do okay. but here you are open to that you do not pay income tax right that's the biggest biggest advantage so are you saving that amount if you're not then you're True. doing yourself a disservice we complain about taxes in the in our home countries <laughs> but we aren't saving or investing that part when right. when, when we are here that's a very very interesting point that you make here you don't even pay capital gains tax right in india if you were making money on stocks or uh, you know anything mm. yeah. even right, yeah. if you're buying property selling property, selling property yeah. you would be paying capital gains tax you don't even pay that here yeah but so, despite but, that you don't invest i think that's a big i think that's a, um, a bigger attraction than the income tax because whilst you're not paying income tax you do generally pay more for things at least i find back than back home maybe but yeah. but i i you know i tend to point out but when you pay for something here yeah. you get it there's no guarantee especially back home that yeah. even if i pay for something i'll get i'll get quality <laughs> service i'm i'm being very honest here okay yeah so i mean you know it's it's important to uh look at things from a broader I, perspective I, when, when you say home you mean back in india yeah okay yeah so you see i'm looking at it back coming from the west mm. that the goods are, most things are twice as expensive in the uae mm-hmm. uh, that are the same products as back home uh, also because most of the products back home are manufactured or produced within the country UAE doesn't produce a lot of things yeah. right wheat fruit vegetable all of these things are generally imported you know i mean you you go to a, a supermarket you will see oranges from pakistan carrots from egypt tomatoes from spain uh, so you know there I, is I, a certain I, amount of import that goes through there yeah. no no of course so that that adds to the cost exactly. that adds to the cost and i, and I agree yeah, but, th- but then there's also unionized labor which makes goods far more expensive in certain countries that you True. don't have here as well True. It, it, you know, it, it balances out it does i mean but see like i'm saying even for example australia or yeah. any out of the western countries they they give a lot of benefits to the the population that's true but how long will they be able to afford that well are well, the government most of the governments are running in deficit in the world of course so how yeah. long do you think those benefits will last a lot of people i meet here are are, are you know keep quoting that my healthcare is taken care of in back in europe or in the us or canada or yeah. whatever but at the end of the day those benefits are going to dry up because the governments just don't have the money yeah and and then you also have those other governments whilst they're going into debt uh, i still have to fund other smaller countries that aren't able True. you know um you know to, yeah. that aren't able to to fund themselves so that brings back to the question that if when you give out free money yeah. it's not really free i mean you're True. you're distributing well but it doesn't work because you're taking it yeah. from one place and giving it to someone else yeah but well you just you, it's that comes down the rise and rise of China doesn't it that everyone's been <laughs> borrowing off them for so long true and then then suddenly yeah, suddenly yeah. they're they're in debt but you know it's it's a fascinating conversation uh when, when you look at the uh, the growth of uh, of uh, certainly of indian billionaires but on a positive note does this change the way and, and neil's touched on this does this change the way the indian economy is now seen it does so india india is about 4% of the world gdp mm-hmm. which is very small compared to the the um, uh, the percentage mm-hmm. of the population of uh, india yeah. in respect to the world it can only grow from here and also and the government policies have helped the access to credit uh, banks have become more efficient a lot of the bad debts on the books of banks have been taken care of so yeah. it it makes the the economy as a whole more efficient of course there's still room for uh, improvement there's still you know capital needs to find its way to every entrepreneur out there who wants to you know grow their business if that happens in the next 10 15 odd years there is no stopping india 
um in the in the in the uh, you know the whole space of investing in the world you would have to look at india in your portfolio if it's 3% of the world gdp or 4% of the world gdp 4% of your money has to be invested in india it's as simple as that if you're not investing in india you're missing out on growth and and when it lo- and when you're looking at the uh, the industries that most of those billionaires are coming from uh where are they are they coming from is manufacturing and healthcare Correct. Which is rather unusual because most most economies are seeing them in generally real estate right. that you'd find probably in, in the United States, real estate or in mining, or then you're seeing the rise of a lot of the uh, the software and the, um, uh, the 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 tech billionaires. Correct. Um, why is healthcare been such a a huge player? Um. So you know, India's generally got great intellectual capital, but what has always prevented them is is good manufacturing practices, uh, access to energy. constant electricity has been yeah. uh has been a challenge over the last few decades sure. but now that's that's improved and now there's a lot of uh the patents have opened up for a lot of generic medicines yeah. so which is what has improved and given access to all these indian manufacturers who manufacture these medicines at a fraction of the cost of the west so it automatically opens up the market for india manufacturing as well again access to electricity and access to cheap labor is is very under uh, you know it, people don't look at it as, very, as something which is very important no it's a huge yeah. thing the amount of industries that have been killed off in uh, certainly in north america Correct. on on the back of uh, companies are moving to union uh, non unionized labor across the rest of the world yeah yeah and um, and also you have to you have everyone was dependent on china for all their manufacturing yeah. needs that 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 needs to be moved away they need to hedge their bets as well so they yeah. need access to low cost manufacturing and uh, good quality practices and that they're getting that in india today so i mean india you know for whatever is required in india you know with that kind of size of population if you are able to deliver that for that population itself you will be amongst the top 10 in the country even not even the even if you can tap 1% of the population you're right yeah you know i mean it's e- a sizable market it is a sizable market well, well look i mean i mean it it's the same as as china look at apple as being this trillion dollar company but they still only have sub 10% phone market share in china, china. correct um compared to huawei mm. um and that's one of the reasons china apple have been so trying to get into the chinese market at least pre covid um because we look at how big they are but they're still only a small part of the of of the chinese uh of the chinese plan which goes into sort of the businesses need to get into india as you said 4% Absolutely. 4% Absolutely. is you know, an interesting there, point there is there is one uh, interesting story about uh, uh there the influx of foreign businesses coming into india and they found a gateway not through regular business channels but by making beauty queens out of indian women <laughs> miss universe miss world there was a barrage of indian beauty queens happening in the mid 90s when the, the, the doors opened for foreign investments and all of a sudden you saw there were at least half a dozen indian uh, you know models becoming miss miss worlds and miss universes why because they come in they bring in the international brands and those international brands are endorsed by these girls and thus you know the aspirational population of india wants to follow them and thus does the, the requirement for the brand increases that was a fantastic case study that if one has to understand that you find a little window inside india right and you will start creating ripples for your own brands in the country true true that's a great point well abhishek data i thank you very much for coming in and sharing thank your expertise you. this afternoon uh, he's the continent from continental group international the investment advisor and wealth manager you're on tsb talk sport business on talk 100.3 planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport Business Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.